recording. All right, so episode 11, I think. Um, and it is, what, August? Okay, 9th. Yeah, sure, it's August 9th-ish. Um, what we're going to chat about today is myself and Jeff Kurtz talking about the Hot Wheels Legends tour and uh, the small changes we've seen already, the excitement that we've seen already. And we're going to smile and we're going to laugh at all the haters because it's been pretty epic so far. I'm even more excited to see what kind of hate shows up at SEMA. Um, but we'll go over that here in a little bit. So um, for those of you who don't know, I guess, what, three months ago we had the Hot Wheels tour here in Houston. Um, so I got registered, got accepted. I got a hold of Jeff and Robbie because I wanted to get all the Apex cars I could there with the hopes of making it. My belief was that the more race car-ish cars is what Hot Wheels was looking for. Um, so I felt that the S2000, the 510, and Robbie's car definitely fit that mold. Uh, especially with the color combos that the cars show. They're not your traditional single color cars. Um, they've got the right stickers. They've got sponsors on them strategically placed. And uh, Robbie decided to go Lone Star Drift and Jeff's car wasn't done, so I got to go by myself. Well, I took Wilbert with me, but uh, got to go by myself, got to park right up front by the Hot Wheels cars. The actual real cars have been made. Um, Dora was there. It was very impressive. It was really a cool show. It was a lot of traffic, a lot of people. We had a lot of kids in and out of the car. Um, and I'll throw this out there to you. If you are a car person and you don't let kids sit in your car because you're scared they're gonna scratch the paint or chip the seat or tear the interior, then you're an ass. Um, because the only way you're gonna get kids into this sport, um, and I say a sport or lifestyle or whatever you wanna call it, is by letting them get in the car. And I think that's where it kind of starts with Hot Wheels is because that's who's buying the Hot Wheels, right, is the kids. Um, so Jeff decided that he could still make the Dallas event because it was close enough, applied, and was accepted. And uh, I guess we'll kind of start at where mine left off, which the event happened. The truck that was kind of a roadkill tribute had an Olds engine in the back. Um, really cool. Could I absolutely see it as a Hot Wheels. I saw probably four other cars there I could see as a Hot Wheels. The Datsun has already been a Hot Wheels before. And as you've seen, or if you not, go back on my Facebook feed and my Instagram. Um, you can see the Hot Wheels that I had um, a friend on Instagram make for me. He makes them for a living. Um, he's got incredible patience, but basically took the files of my car and pictures of my car and made an exact replica in Hot Wheels form of my car, even down to the wheels. It is absolutely impressive. So I walked out of there with a Hot Wheels and happy, but when I saw the truck had won, it was interesting because it was not fully finished. Um, and you kind of vision or you think of Hot Wheels as being completed cars, but as I come home and go through my collection of over 5,000 Hot Wheels, I realize that maybe 30% of them are that way. The rest of them are somewhat, we'll call it track-worthy. Um, even some that are dirty and dusty. Well, maybe that's me playing with them, but, you know, same, same. Uh, so, I'm up at the show. Robbie's at the track. And you're there slaving away, trying to put a pulley on the car, right? Correct. Yeah, always doing something of that nature. Uh, 
yeah, you know, trying to make the car ready to to go. Not not so much just for the Hot Wheels thing, but ready to go drive. You know, that was the that's the big goal. Hot, Wheel, Hot Wheels is a side factor yeah. at this point. It, yeah. That wasn't the plan. That wasn't the goal at any. I mean, it, it was not the focus. I should say it's yeah. always a goal to win, but it's never a focus. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's where we were at the point. I think at that point we barely had had an engine in the car. It wasn't even the actual engine going in the car. It was the mock up. So, I think, and actually, you were still waiting on the action clutch. Clutch, yep, action um, clutch. Came uh, through with a cool clutch. See, so that's when you know you have <laughs> raised your child correct. So I'd ask Curtis to bring me two beers. Well, Jeff brought his own beer. Oktoberfest, by the way, you brat. I haven't even got any of that yet. It's, a, it's actually an orange. And, oh, yeah, it's an orange? I figured you had the it's, Oktoberfest. It's still St. Arnold's, but it, it's an orange. St. Arnold's orange, okay. I fear it's Oktoberfest because Oktoberfest is out now. Yeah. Um, so Kurt, not knowing, brought two beers out, brought them to us, both in koozies, and then and that was like start of the podcast. So what is that, like three minutes ago, four yeah. minutes? And now he comes out with two more, and I haven't even cracked the first one, so that means I'm falling behind. Um, but anyway, at 15, he's doing okay. So um, so you're waiting on clutch. Bell housing was in, if I remember correctly. Clutch wasn't in yet from Action Clutch. Um, we were still working with Ultra Shield on seats and covers, belts. Um, some of the stuff went our way. Some of it didn't. That's sponsorship. That's how things work. Um, but then, you know, things change course from time to time. Um, car got done. You dynoed it. It made good power. You went and did a drift event a week before the Hot Wheels tour. Is it a week or two weeks? I can't remember. Anyways, uh, yeah, we did that, and uh, staying as tradition, it seems to be the first event out in the car. We go and uh, go try to find walls, and we find them. Go big or go home. And then uh, we usually give Tomlin some time to fix the car, and then uh, in the middle of all it, I realized that I had signed up and been accepted for this Hot Wheels car show thing, so uh, in a mad panic, I uh, let him know that I'd bash the car <laughs> up, basically, so they uh, they get to it to get it looking presentable again, and I made a trip to San Antonio one night just to get a pair of taillights. <laughs> Bonsai run for taillights. Yeah. So, so it went from being bashed up on a door, bashed up on a quarter panel and bumper and little crack on the trunk lid and spoiler destroyed. Um, on the right rear to band-aided together what do we have like two days here maybe three yeah two days Um, goes back to the track gets the taillights in gets that stuff shaped throws the new stickers on it throws it in a trailer and then hauls ass to Dallas to go be part of the show gets the hotel right across the street did you get to drive it into the lot I don't remember Uh, no actually so I drove the truck and trailer into the lot we were there I was there about five o'clock in the morning um because I knew if I was thinking to get there early, everybody else was going to be thinking to get there right. early. So uh, we got there about 5 o'clock, got the car unloaded, and uh, went to go get in line in the street and then realized that by the time I had gotten the car unloaded, the line was all the way back to the highway. Oh, sh- So uh, with it being a full-blown race car and I'm going to be good and not putting it on the right, street. Right, right, right. I just kind of drove it it's up to the front. Not a street race morning before uh, yeah. Hot Wheels. yeah. <laughs> So we, uh, we just moved it up to the front, kind of the closest parking spot we could find. And, um, I talked with a couple guys and let them know, hey, like, car's not street legal if I could slip in here, um, however. And uh, they were kind enough to let me in. So that, that's how we ended up doing it. But it was my whole goal with the 
was I didn't want to take a car that wasn't running and functional. Right. And we were able to have a running car that was functional and drive it across the the pitcher yep. thing. Not trailered across like not trailered called like the fifth. That sucked. Yeah. Like I didn't even realize they were going to have that. Like yeah. you you would think go back and look at the page and realize what they're doing. It was like oh it's Hot Wheels show show up. When you show up and they've got the Hot Wheels card, it's got to be what. 14, 15 foot That's tall. the size of a box truck. I mean, it's the size of a box truck, literally. And you park your car in front of it and it makes your car look like it's on a Hot Wheels package. Really pretty cool. Um, so I show up at the 510 and we're there early and pulling. I'm like, oh, pull on up. I'm like, what? And they stop, they take a picture of the truck. We pull up, they take a picture of the car on the trailer. I was like, well, that was just stupid. Um, but that's what some photographers do. So we'll let that ride. Um, I've got that picture somewhere. I laughed pretty hard about that. Um, so you get in, you get pictures taken, which is all fine and good. Walk me through the day a little bit. So, that was the fun part. Yeah, so it uh, we, we get the car all parked and everything, and, you know, it's a convertible. We built it to be a convertible, and uh, so it's sitting out there. And got decent overcast, which is always a good thing. It's Dallas. And uh, then it continued to rain the rest of the day. So we got our convertible... That um, happens at like every other drift event. Yeah, two absolutely, in that car, absolutely. So, so we uh, hung out in the rain all day, basically. And uh, what, what it starts to be more is, you know, I, I was there presenting the car, you know, out to the public. Um, and so I know I was standing in the rain. But the fact that we had so many people come through the show to look at all the cars in the rain and uh, to stand in line to, you know, collect that collector's edition Hot Wheels was just mm-hmm. astonishing to me and, and really shows that, you know, the... You know, the car scene isn't dead. The fanfare so. that I saw at the one I was at as well. I mean, for us, it was a little different. It was, I'll say 180 degrees. Now, those of you that live in Houston will know what I'm talking about. We were sweating down. Um, it was miserable. Um, but again, they gave away a special Hot Wheels. And I'll say this, if it had been 15 years ago when I was rapidly collecting Hot Wheels, um, every dollar that you see me spending on race cars was what used to go to Hot Wheels. Um I still have over 5,000. They're actually stored in my son's closet because they won't fit in mine. Um, which that's weird too because you have a bigger closet than me. So anyway, that's why you get that. Um, I've even got some 24 karat gold Hot Wheels. Uh, some really rare um, Hot Wheels. But when you see the fans that Hot Wheels has, it used to be a thing where I would go every Tuesday morning to specific stores, every Wednesday morning to this store because that's when they stock the shelves. You would run into the same guys at multiple stores because they all knew where the Hot Wheels were going. Hot Wheels, I think, did a phenomenal job of promoting the event. I didn't catch anything until probably, man, I bet it was two weeks before the event here when I actually found out about it. And then I started letting, I let you and Robbie know immediately. Um, But I let a couple other friends know and everybody's like, oh no, I'm not going to the car show. I'm like, but this is a Hot Wheels car show. This is different. The flavor of cars that were there um, all varieties. The people that were there, absolutely amazing. And the kids. Kids everywhere. Absolutely. Now, it was... It's totally different being set in you know the Walmart parking lot. And they do really well with driving traffic to Walmart with a lot of the, all the booths they have. Yeah. Um, so basically they have it to where... You know, if you go into Walmart and is the Dickies was one of the sponsors. So if you go into Walmart, purchase a Dickie shirt, you can come out to the Dickie booth and they can, you know, put whatever patch they, you know, you have on there. Yep. And um, that's how you get and the collector's edition Hot Wheels as well. Is you go in and make a purchase in Walmart, come back with your receipt, 
and you get yeah. to go to the Hot Wheels vending machine thing right. they have there and play with spin the wheel so, and see what yeah. you win so it was, it was really and what cool. was the mechanics gloves I got mechanics gloves I don't remember what I bought I bought something <clears> and I went over and I got a free pair of mechanics gloves with a receipt but I can't remember what it yeah was I'm not now. sure on that one I didn't get to there. I, when I went over there they were doing the uh, the challenge so basically there was an adult the, challenge, and, challenge. A, and a kid pit challenge and uh play on that i did not i uh i I tried to spend as much time as i could next to the car just to answer (laughs) questions and and talk to people um because we don't get a lot of chance to do that at the drift events just because you know it's also go 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 right um you know sorting the car and and putting it on track so i'll throw this out here here's just a note something that i i've seen at least at lone star usually you and i'll both put the cars on the back of the trailers because it's easier to pull in and pull out but I was thinking with the two trailers, you should set it up like the solo uh, roadkill out of Austin does. They do basically two trailers side by side. Then you can literally rope it off. Yeah. And that way you've got access for people to actually view your cars. When you come back, you can come out and pull them at an angle. And it may be getting there early enough to do it and then Aaron not yelling about you taking up too much space. Yeah, so. uh, with GTP, that event there um it gets pretty packed pretty quick so yeah we try not to take up too much space i actually robbie likes pitting out of the back of the trailer i i like parking the car off to the side um personally just how i do it because i'll I, talk to him i'll close mine up and robbie, I, you listen to this? I know you're one of the faithful 124 people that listen um so robbie we got to work on your parking so we can make more more advertising more marketing dollars it's a good thing because we're all hoping for a dollar somewhere along the line so rain all day. I saw pics. It was pretty miserable. Uh, yeah. So nobody I, uh, getting in and out of the car because the seat was absolutely soaked. Uh, no, I, I uh, nobody really wanted to climb in and out. But they uh, they walked up and wanted to look at it. You know, and it, it's always funny. Um, you know, you, you got a handful of the people out there that are you know, well I say a handful. Probably the majority of the people you know, they don't touch, just look. Yeah. And uh, you know the kids walk up and you know and for me it's that's probably the Touch nicest it. thing that can yep. happen to that car. You yep. know, I, I I built it for war and it goes to war and. Uh, so yeah, it's always funny being able to be the one to like, yeah, trust me, you're you're okay, you're not gonna hurt it, you know. You're not gonna do anything worse uh, to it than you've yeah, done yourself, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, like I said it was a really cool show. Um, still shocked, you know. I mean, it's not. I, I took that car there for a chance to be able to get it out to the public a little bit more and uh, well, to talk I, to people. I would I would say too that. You know, when I'd ask you to take it, part of that theory was it was more advertising for me. It's more advertising for Evident Careless. It's more representation for Lone Star Drift and MSR Houston. Yeah. It's it's getting out there what we do and it's letting people see it. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, in my mind, that was the larger part of what inviting to bring that car out there was, was as a kid, if you take the S2000 and look at that as a Hot Wheels, that's the one you want to race down the track. I wouldn't want to drift it. No. I just want to race it straight. Just race down the street. But, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? I will say that you having it kicked all the way to the side probably created a ton of questions for people that don't understand drifting. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, the majority of the thing is you see something like that and you think something's broke. Yeah. What so the that, hell that can't be right. I don't understand this. How's it doing this? So, how much angle do you have um, now? We're a little over 70 degrees right now. Okay. If we, if we let it go full kill. Um, usually in comp, we'll see anywhere from the range of 45 to 60 um you know we it, you have more than you need just in case for that reason though yeah just in case um and, and it was the kind of the reason why i built it you know i with the old angle kit we were like 60 degrees and you know we got to the point where we 
we could try and we wouldn't spin the car and uh just developing and continuing on with it wanting to do something a little bit more different a little bit more crazy so uh for we decided display, to go it's amazing yeah and know? so we decided we were gonna go to you know make it 70 degrees of almost parallel steering and uh just to i get to, to make it a little bit different yeah um it's already a different piece just having the s2000 out in a drift event Right, um, and we've got a lot of fans from that just having an S two thousand at a drift event. But then I would add that it's uh, no longer. It is still Honda power. Let me be cautious of what I say. Um, but it is no longer S two thousand Honda power. Correct. Uh, you know, when we first decided to turn this thing into a drift car, and I guess that's when it really jumped over the edge from being. Oh, let's a, jump back real quick. All right. When the yeah. car was black. So, and it was drifting. So the car like the first time you ran into me and my little piece of shit legend. So, backstory: we got that car back in 05. Um, we actually drove up to Dallas to get it. I, this is actually my second S2000. My first S2000 I had for two days. It was short-lived. <laughs> um, it was an 02 Berlin Black S2000. Uh, we had it for two days, and somebody decided to run a red light and T-bone me, and that wrote that car off. Um, but just having it for two days, it, I really fell in love with it. So we continued to uh, search for another one. And for me, it had to be another 0203 Berlin Black S2000. So we finally found one in Dallas. Um, we made a trip and picked it up. At this point, your dad was actively autocrossing, right? Yes. Um, you through, had shown up a couple times. Yeah, so solo. we've gone through a couple different... And that was kind of the reasoning for going with the S2000 is at the time... And they, where that car was classed, it was the dominating car. Um, and that was the reasoning for picking that car. B-Stock, too, wasn't it? I think it was B-Stock. Because Roger Johnson was running B-Stock um, at that point. Shortly well. after that, the, the Lotus Elise came to mm. the scene, and they decided to bump the Lotus and the S2000 into yep. the next group. And you got your asses kicked. And you got our asses kicked. <laughs> By the so, Um So, yeah. So, I had uh, gone back and forth between time trial stuff and... I had seen drifting a little bit, and I kind of got drip bit a little bit more about the drifting bug, but well, I still this, liked this doing is time also stuff. Jump back to, you know, and just by what you had named it, the the little event you had had where you had actually located a facility to go hold a Gymkhana. Absolutely, Gymkhana took off. It was months after <laughs> um, Kim Block had debuted the original one, and up until that point, I'll say most of America had no idea if you. You had to be a pretty much old-time autocrosser to know what Jim Connor even was, or have family that was autocrosser to know what a Jim Connor was. And even what Kim Block did is not traditional Jim Connor. Jim Connor techniques, absolutely, I'm not going to deny that. The concept of what he was doing was not Jim Connor. Jim Connor is more of a course that's set up that's a little quirky. I'm going to have some pin turns where you have to rotate the car completely around them. Usually would have at least one backup point in it, which is what separated it from Solo, because Solo are exclusively or autocross two um solo two and autocross are exclusively forward motion events yes so anytime the car breaks reverse then it becomes a gymkhana correct um and i'm living at this time in friendswood i've got a shop that has like three or four bays in it i've got a legend i just sold my e30 i got out of the shifter cart and got this legend car and oh it's gonna be cool i'm gonna go road racing playing autocross i'd had it for like two days and I hear this guy down in Angleton. I'm like, where the hell's Angleton? At that time, I had no clue where we were going. So I find this place on GPS. All right, I'm going. I'm going to show up, give my money, and go play. And I show up in the parking lot 
that you're in is as big as my parking lot behind my house. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Because I would not driven the car before. Welded diff. um, 5.8 scale, 34 Ford with a 1250 Yamaha in it. It's fun. It sounds badass. But, God, that thing did not want to turn at all. And then I watched you go out there with the S2000. And it wasn't much better, honestly. But you sure were making a whole lot of smoke. Yeah. uh, So... My envision for that, and in, in, uh, I had done some research with the traditional Gymkhana, and you know, being torn between drifting and, and a timed event, um, I wanted to. Well, if you're brought up s- doing autocross, I don't want to say brought up, but raised yeah, around absolutely. autocross, you. And this is part of what, as Houston region, we're seeing is the bridge between autocross is fun. And actually, I had this discussion at lunch with somebody today. Autocross is great, but it's four minutes of seat time. And if you're at a national level event, it's three minutes of seat time for an entire day. It just doesn't work. The math doesn't work. Everybody yeah. wants instant gratification on everything now. You can't do that anymore. So a lot of people are looking for something next. Something that provides a little more seat time. That's where the time trials come in. That's where road rally comes in. That's where open road racing comes in. That's where DEs come in. HPDEs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Track Night in America. All those things are... An evolution of people trying to leave autocross or advance. I shouldn't say leave autocross. Advance from autocross. But they know they don't have the money for road race. They know they can't fund yeah, that can't next, next step. step. And even if you're doing it in a lower level class, let's say B-Spec or Spec Miata, if you're not willing to write off 15 to 20 grand a year, no. you can't do it. You're not going to do it. Um, you can show up to two events a year, and I would say you could pro- once a car is purchased... You can probably do it less than three grand, thirty five hundred, but you're going to be a baller on a budget. I mean, you are you're going to be using scab tires, you're going to be using regular gas, not race gas. I mean, it's just there's everything adds up and it costs so much. So Jeff was in a situation, and I will say, ninety eight percent of autocrossers are in, which is what's next. Absolutely, and uh, like I said, we wanted to. I was in between two sports, if you will. So I found a way to merge both of them. Does that make you transgender? I, I don't know. Don't don't get onto that. I have no I'm idea. I'm just. I mean, I'm asking. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a gender. That, that's here. trans. I don't know. No. Trans hobby, I guess. Trans hobby. Okay, there you go. Trans hobbyist. But uh, hobby horse. Has yeah. A wooden, so, anyways, we right? we uh, we had it set up to where it was ran similar to an autocross, but we threw some three sixties in there and some figure eights and uh, had fun with it. It was fun. We uh, How we many tried. Cars to, were there? Do you remember? There was not many. Uh, not many, man. I think our biggest field maybe had thirty cars, and that's like. See, and I was gonna say like ten or twelve. That's like on that as one. we got later into it, and it started becoming more. It's only showed a, up for one. That's when it got it's, more into guy. just a drift thing, uh, of just coming coming out and trying to hoon a car around, you know. But uh, when we actually ran the Gymkhana thing, we ended up having I think six classes. When I when I sat down you and actually classes, I actually had classes. What? We had a, uh, basically there was a front wheel drive, an all wheel drive, and a rear wheel drive <laughs> class, and there was a stock class and a modified class, and that was it. Oh, there you um, go. The less, so guys, just something you'll hear from me in later podcasts, because we're going to bring this up. The less classes you have, the more fun you will have. And this can be an entire podcast about <laughs> this, because we've got clubs that are going through this right now. Um, I gave an hour presentation at the SECA National Convention a year and a half ago about there are clubs that literally are handing out trophies for one car that enters in a class. 
It's like, you didn't beat fucking anybody. You're a goddamn loser. If you want to fucking drive, step up and drive. Move to a class where there's people there. Just because you have a car that meets the rules in that class does not mean you get a fucking trophy. Um, people that are showing up at nationals where there's three cars at nationals. Ridiculous. Class needs to go away. And I know there's rules and provisions set forth in there, but we're dealing with similar situations with the vintage racing. Um, vintage racing has a bunch of cars, bunch of classes, because everybody wants to be competitive. The reality is, you're not always going to be competitive. And just because you have a car that's competitive doesn't mean you might drive worth a shit. You might suck as a driver, and you might think that you're a badass, and you're probably not. So, we'll have a podcast about that, because, geez, you will get my blood pressure through the roof. <laughs> But yeah, so you had multiple classes. I didn't realize you had multiple classes. Yeah, yeah. So we did so that. So car's still black at that point. Car's still black. It's still street driven daily. Um, we've done you know minor things, intake, exhaust, and a little bit of suspension. What intake did you have? Uh, you know, I don't even know. JDM. What that's What's the? I think I had Comtech at the time. That fancy actually. carbon fiber with a big bellow on it. Uh, not the password. We put JDM. one on password JDM. Yeah, that's no, one we put on Roger Johnson's that car. That wasn't out yet. We that were, thing uh, is huge. I still had the old Comtech, which was on the car when we bought it. Which is like the only actual mod that was done to that car. <laughs> like I bought it with thirteen thousand miles on it. it Wouldn't like you like to find the original gun. owner now and go, "Hey, take a look." Yeah, I know it'd be wild. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so we did that for a little while, and then um, I think that's kind of where I started developing more of a my driving craft, if you will, and um, started you working craft in MSR. Or crap? Craft. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a little Texas yeah. twang there. There we go. Um, but then started working in MSR and decided we were going to build it into a competition drift car, which is where I believe the second time we actually really met and uh, brought and you're you like, the hey, car. Hey, I know you, and I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. I have no clue. Brought you the car to uh, put a cage in it with a Formula Drift rule book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're looking at this rule book and going, what? You're really going to do what with your car? Yeah. So, uh, so we go out. 2013, I think. Yeah, so Ronnie was still here then at that point. Yeah. So Ronnie was still here building cages. Um, when Ronnie left, we man, we went through some trials and tribulations, but that was one of, like, man, probably his last probably eight, nine cages yeah. that he did. And um, out the door. I mean, even the cages changed color since we originally did the car, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, the, the evolution of the car from just a black street car, I think what you have to understand is the car hasn't gone through like one transformation or even two. I mean, I would dare say it's almost a dozen transformations. Even taking wheels out of the equation. Oh, absolutely. Take the wheels out. It's still yeah, no, we've, huge uh, changes. Yeah, we've blown up several two liters. Um, we then made it the 2.4 and had you paint the car blue. Right. To make it stand out a little bit more. Then we and put we nitrous bright on blue. it. So this is the other thing. So we're talking about this and that was part of the legend today too. Is like. What's well, blue? Everything that has an Apex logo on it, with the exception of Zinke in North Carolina, who has a red 240. Every Apex sponsored car has blue on the car. So keep that in mind if you're sending me letters for sponsorship. It needs to be a blue fucking <laughs> car. <be> blue. <laughs> um, so we're working on this legend. It's like, well, I guess we need to put blue on it. And Lance is like, not everything has to be blue. I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be, but kind of like the nike swoosh it's kind of our trademark it's got to have blue on it so we'll see whether this car ends up with blue or red um maybe i'm stepping out and trying some different things we'll see but so we painted it blue and we couldn't do just regular blue so 
it had to be extremely bright and we've had different iterations of this car color at one point i want to say it was the toyota metallic that we started with i don't know we've, uh, we've gone through several different several blues. different colors at the point that is that now we'll just skip so there's like at least six different blues that it's been they're all close but now it's a full-on what you would call traditional candy um so it is a um hot rod um what would you call house of color flake um and then we actually use a house of color concentrate uh china blue on top of it and the flake has got mini ultra mini flake and mini flake mixed that's our base and then we've got three layers of china blue candy on yours i want to say robbie is four coats on his so it's a little bit different hue and when we say candy for those of you who don't know your base is just silver flake so you basically paint this base silver then you take silver flake this mini and the coarse flake you put it together in a clear you spray it and you make an entire base of glitter that's all it is then you go and you mix up your gun you mix up what's called the candy so now i want you to pick up that jolly rancher go to the cabinet grab mom's jolly rancher look at it hold it at the sun and saying see through it and it kind of makes rose colored glasses it's a blue candy so each coat that we put on it changes the blue the first one's a very very light sky blue the next one gets a little bit darker the next one even darker and that's why i'm explaining the difference between jeff's car and robbie's car is side by side look at pictures side by side they look the same you walk up to the two colors they're not the same it's just a little bit different so that was part of this year was with two cars being out there we really wanted to make sure that the cars stood out more than they had um, that was kind of the choice of going with the um, at the time I'll call it Lotus Elise Green that we went to because we took a three-stage paint um, and this is the fun part about racing and this is the stuff that all of you should understand you don't always get to pick what you get to do so something that you guys probably don't always know is like Jeff talking about the color like I don't know you drop off the car and the painter of the shop that's doing the work makes those choices for you so he wanted a chartreuse color what we actually used was a lotus color we'd replace we'd repaired a lotus elise and the lotus elise had a three-stage color the base was close to chartreuse it wasn't really chartreuse but it was close so we took it and took out the gold pearl silver pearl just used the base and painted it with clear and that became the color for the drift 2k and now we've tried to match vinyl to it yeah you've tried to do shirts and logos <laughs> to match it um, it just, it's, you know, it's a it's, unique it's color. It's one of those things, like, it's, it's built the brand so much that I don't want to deviate from the colors more than I have to, you know? That's why I think the car will always have some kind of blue, yellow, yeah. uh, something to it of that nature. Um, and that was the reasoning for, you know, this past year when we brought you the car, is I was tired of putting graphic, graphics on it every year. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. I, I was changing the well, last year's graphics were such a challenge. Delivery of the car every time, every season, and uh, so I wanted something a little bit more simpler, but something that still stood out. And uh, I kind of came up with the the stripe design and uh, turned it over to Juan, who was supposed to come by tonight, of all things. Yeah. So Juan Lowry actually moved, went to Caliber Collision now. Um, one of like eight painters that's left that has not opened his own shop to compete with me. Assholes, screw y'all. Um, he's actually working in a collision shop, but he's wanting to bring his car by. He's got a 63 Mercury Monterey, which I used to have one. I'm like, how crazy is that that he bought one too? So, anyway, Juan was the one who actually painted that one. 
and uh, Juan had a damn good time painting that, and we just turned him loose on the stripe. Given the colors, here's our parameters, let's go. I think the only thing that we had not originally given him was the red pinstripe. Yeah. I did not give him the red pinstripe. Go ahead, but he put it on there, and I came in, I was like, it, it works. works. Okay, let's yeah, go with absolutely. it. So sometimes you have to turn that over to the painter and let them play with it. You know, and it ended up working out really well, and we were able to kind of bring it back to the old school hot rod, you know, flat black with uh, red and white. And uh, I think it tied off pretty good that, you know. It works. It shows year. well. And uh, that's kind of what the car's become. It's, it's been a mashing of your your kind of import scene into your old hot rod kind of scene, So which is a lot of what drifting's become, you know. Drifting yeah. is the modern hot rods, I think, you know. It's building these crazy little cars with lots of power that are good at one thing and go do one thing yeah um okay so let's talk briefly power plant before we get into more details of that day okay yeah uh power plant now is completely different there's there's metal sticking up out of the fucking hood and a big ass hole Um, in it we had holes in the hood before but not like this (laughs) not like this so before we run the uh the 2.4 liter that we built four-cylinder which was the factory four-cylinder we just punched it out and built it but it revved to the moon race pressed it which made drifting sound amazing absolutely uh everybody misses the sound of that thing but i think we did well with the new engine uh so it did really well for about four years and uh we finally got greedy with it on one motor and blew it up yeah yeah you lie no it's been the same engine we've refreshed it you know bearings dog in heat um you know we've had to put some pistons in it due to all the nitrous but i mean that's that's a nitrous motor uh, what do you expect? But, uh, yeah, so we finally let go, and I was thinking about what to do upon that point. I had been sitting on a couple V6s that was thought to put in the car, um, and it got to the point where I can either spend the money to convert this car, get Which the swap done. Which we first learned about the Js. First I learned about them was in the Miatas and then the NSX. And then you're like, I think I'm going to put that in the Han and the S2000. Like, whoa, 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 what? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I had purchased that motor probably three years ago, <laughs> with the idea of doing the swap. And my good buddy, Ch- well, my good buddy now wasn't my good buddy then, but um, dude, I made that. That was fucking awesome, <laughs> dude. Like, I need a video of that. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, so I started talking with Chase because he had done it, and he was kind of the first one I knew that had completed one in an S2000. In an S2000. See the bell the housing, the bell housing clutch stuff, is probably the craziest part of me. It would have been a lot easier if I went with the S two thousand. The issue I ran into is I've already broken the S two thousand trans yeah, too many times, yeah. so and you're I, adding more power am, to it. Yeah, so I want to get away from it. Uh, so we went with the V six finally, and I decided to do that because it was going to cost about the same to put the four cylinder together and be right back where we were. And looking long term, I know the V six can is capable of more power, reliably compared to the four-cylinder, um, which is kind of a, as any high-strung four-cylinder is, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so we did the, the Honda V6 in it, and we started building the turbo kit for it, and as being the person who works on the car, drives the car, and owns the car, I was thinking, as I started to build this, this is going to be in the way of anything that we ever have to do at the track. If we got to do any repairs, any maintenance at the track side, it's in the way. Everything's in the way. Well, and that's part of the problem with the turbo is all the additional crap that comes with exactly. it. Exactly. It's like you so, just can't bolt it on. So I started looking at, well, we've done nitrous before. Maybe we'll do a big direct port shot. 
And then I remembered how much money I spent in nitrous when we were on nitrous alone. See, and we should have like a nitrous episode too, because I'm an idiot when it comes to nitrous. <laughs> Other than you push the button, when you push the button, you get to shift gears 26 times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? absolutely. So that's my knowledge of nitrous. <laughs> and then ship blows up and catches on fire and panels fall out the bottom of the car. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then turn the podcast off. But nitrous is one of those things that I actually want to tinker with, and I really think for our grassroots motorsports challenge, I want to put a 50 shot on the Honda Fit Absolutely. and go. Keelan's going to drive it there, by the way. I'm going to fly in. Oh, yeah. And we're going to hoon the shit out of that thing. So, oh, White yeah. Pony is sponsoring the uh, trophies for Grassroots Motorsports $2,000 challenge. It's called 2020 challenge, but $2,020 to spend on your car. So, there's a little plug for that. Absolutely. But anyway, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, so. so turbo uh, sucks. Yeah, so I didn't want to do the turbo. And uh, nitrous gets expensive when you're blowing that much into the car. So we started what looking are you at doing using the fill it around here. Uh, actually, went down to Clear Lake Speed. Okay, Clear Lake Speed. Yeah, okay. they uh, they have Dude, forever the most reasonable price, and you can take them a bottle. They have a big freezer. They stick it yep. in. They ice them down. So perfect. Um, I've had great customer service with them, and for I always had a great. Dude, fill, back when I was so. like driving the BMW autocross, like. Oh, go to Clerk Speed. Like, you walk in Clerk Speed and say BMW, and their eyes roll back in their fucking head. <laughs> so, what I learned was you had to go on to Summoner Jags, get the part number, then walk in and ask for that part number. Don't tell them what it's for. It's okay. <laughs> and get what you needed. But, uh, Shirley and, man, I can't. Yeah, Shirley. Bill? Bill Bob. Uh, I deal with Shirley. Shirley is who I've always <laughs> dealt with, but it's just amazing staples in our community, and they're mainly a drag race shop. But they support so many other forms of motorsports. It's impressive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we decided not to do. That. Get me wrong. I I've had the taste of nitrous, so I will always have nitrous on the car, <laughs> whether I need it or not. Um, it's just fun to say. So I've we got kept nitrous. The, so we kept the nitrous. <laughs> well, and the kids, man, that's like the first thing they go to. Like, oh, he's got nos. <laughs> you know, everybody's seen Fast and Furious. So. By the way, the five ten yeah. at Cars and Coffee at Memorial City. So last weekend they did a JDM feature. So, of course, they emailed about the 510. Hey, bring in 510. Okay, bring it up there. The kid walks up. The kid's probably 16, 17 years old. And he points in the trunk to his dad. He's like, Dad, what's that? Dad hits him in the shoulder with his fist. Dude, that's nitrous, son. Turns around and walks off. It's not nitrous. It's a black bottle. It's way smaller. It's a fucking fire suppression system. And it's like, no, it's not nitrous. But I had a decision at that point. Do I go interrupt Dad? And tell dad that he's a moron and he's wrong. And like totally crush dad in front of the kid. And look like a badass to the kid, probably. Or do you just let him walk away and snicker and laugh and talk about it on a podcast a week later? So I chose to just let him walk away and snicker <laughs> about it on a podcast later. Because it was just like, how do you think that's nitrous? And like, and like the way, I guess the point is, I say nitrous, most people say nos. And he's like, punches him in the shoulder. It's nos, son. I'm like... It's a Dodson 510. Come on. You, you got to think you uh, know? Fast and Furious. For Absolutely. Absolutely. And well, Holly. This is a guy I mean, that's probably, Holly. I mean, you think about it. That's, that's a great deal old. for Holly. Oh, yeah. Because everybody sees nitrous and they always say NOS, uh-huh. which is Holly's, Holly's nitrous. brand. Yep. They're so trademarked. it's just like great. Um, mm. But yeah, anyway, so we decided not to do that. More side rail. ADD yeah. Squirrel. Show you before you leave, but I got the Holly High Rise. Oh, hell for yeah. For the LS3. Always. For the Apexo set. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. 
Robbie's like, it's heavy. I was like, okay. So I buy it and I go pick it up the trunk. I was like, damn, I need a weight belt to lift this thing. <laughs> um, no offense, Holly, but damn, the thing's heavy compared to the stock plastic one. So it needs to produce, in our calculations, needs to produce at least 35 horsepower to offset the weight penalty I will take for running it. And I say weight penalty because, not that it's a rule set, but just where I'm at with my car and what I want it to make. Similar to what Jeff does with the S2000, so don't judge me. Yeah, so uh, so at that point we started looking at retrofitting some kind of supercharger onto the car. We want retrofitting to a yeah. Honda six-cylinder. So, I mean, let's think about that sentence there. So retrofit. Well, it's not that crazy. So, so we started looking at the science of speed supercharger for the uh, NSX and thinking about how we're going to make that work. And then uh, my brother messaged me. He's like, "Hey, wasn't there something about them using like a an Eaton M90 on those things, like the lightning blower or something?" So I started looking into that a little bit and uh, start seeing a bunch of these front-wheel drive J-swap cars that have this big blower on them. And uh, I find the company that makes the adapters, and it'll reasonably be priced. Wasn't and, terrible. And keep this in mind that yours is not front-wheel drive. No, not at all. Okay, so this so this is a couple more challenges that show up. So yeah. go ahead. So then we start looking into it, and I'm like, okay, you know, the adapter's not that bad. Let's see how much the blowers run. And uh, find out it's a, it's a GM 3800 M90. Um, so your Buick Regal. GXPs, all yeah, that yeah. shit. Yeah. So I started looking of those into made. And uh, I called, you know, start calling some salvage yards up, and uh, they're super cheap blowers. Almost free. Almost free. So I buy like, two. To the point I was like, how do I put this on an LS? <laughs> oh, wait. You really yeah. shouldn't do that. Okay. So I buy two of them, you know, because if one's good, then. Buy one, get one free. Might as well have a spare. That's good, yeah. And uh, so I tear both of them apart and uh, do an inspect, determine which one's better. And. Uh, do a port job on it and put some fresh bearings in it put it together and give it a coat of paint so it looks appropriate um, rattle can paint because at this point we Not were like already automotive gonna paint this yeah, yeah. is like 99 cents at walmart yeah. no no we did wrinkle finish oh, okay it was, it was finish, fancy sorry. shit like 399 yeah yeah so uh so we we're at the point in the, the kind of reason that we went with the blower too is we were going to have like half the intake thrown through the hood um so we decided at that point well, if we're going to have something through the hood, let's put something through the hood. Yep, absolutely. And, um, again, it, at this point, we kind of think more, not not trying to say since we've won this accomplishment, you know, with our Hot Wheels, but we no, started thinking of a Hot Wheels car at this exactly. point. Exactly. No, it's I mean. It's little bitty thing. It's a freaking toy. We got These huge... are adult toys, and <laughs> so, if you don't understand that, you need to find a new podcast. So we put a big blower out the hood. You know, because that's the first thing I always think of. You know, in Hot Wheels, it's the old, you know, yes. the old cars that had the big chrome blowers out of the Good. hood. And even as a die-cast plastic, they yeah. still took the time to chrome that, and they would chrome the rear differential. Yeah, absolutely. It was always done. That's, like, that's what I, I, I thought of. Went to Central like, Hot Rod. And, uh, yeah, so we went with it. And, so it's a uh, Honda with a blower out the hood. So it's a Honda V6, the blower out the hood. But it didn't stop there. And a little bit of nitrous. Because it... <laughs> Not only nitrous, but it doesn't take the air in from the front either. No. Um, so the issue we ran into with it being a rear-wheel drive car and that blower being for a transverse engine and the Honda V6 being a transverse engine is our throttle body is now pointed at our firewall. Which is just like the Apexo set. So. Just like that. So um, I was just a foresight four of what you were going to do. Yeah, yeah. And so ahead. it's so odd because, you know, you look at it and everybody that sees it and goes, well, it's not really good design because... Why would you oh, have a blower on top of an intake manifold? <laughs> and with our car, it works out perfectly because yep. we actually ended up putting an intake riser on it as well 
to raise it even more so that we can get the throttle body over Up. the cowling and clear so that way we can retain the wipers of the car and uh, at this point it was well we either need to put a Lexan window in it and make a hole that we can duct it through and lose a wiper or uh, going back to my turbo days I remembered seeing this really cool air filter if you will turbo guards Turbo guard. I know those. Correct. I tried telling those about Bartley and Bob Bartley said, they won't work. I was like, dude, have you seen these? So, <laughs> they use them on every drag car. So they work great. We hey, uh, We go with their SF design, which is a little bit finer mesh material. It's still a stainless mesh that is all uh, impregnated, I guess. Or I guess it's impregnated it's into the yeah. silicone coupler. And uh, yeah, so it ended up fitting the need we had. And it was able to get one if that was you, nice and chartreuse if you, if you with glittery sparkles yeah, in it, exactly. so it uh, fit the car. If you have not taken the time to look at TurboGuard's screens, and they have different, not only sizes, but the actual screen sizes, depending on what you're running, how how much risk you're willing to take. And I don't know who runs that, but I should send them this podcast. I kind of want to run it as my regular air filter, especially for Mexico. I don't think I need an air filter for a road where there's nobody in front of me. No. I'm not going to suck up a grasshopper. And I mean, uh, they actually have the hydro sock for them now, too. So what are you saying? Asshole. I'm saying... Look at that dig. I'm Son saying... Of a bitch. I remember being in Mexico <laughs> with you. Submarine. And uh, submarine <laughs> in the exoset. By the way, did you see those pictures that Chacho posted? No. I'll show them to you after the Is podcast. Is it us pushing the no, car so in, a, in He posted pictures of Chihuahua. And they're two specific pictures. It's like... I wrote, I said, that is day one of 2016 at 4.30. And he just wrote, ha, ha, ha. I like you, son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> and he posted another one, which was a, of lightning in the town. You know, it's got the peak in town. Oh, yeah. And it's lightning hitting the monument. And he's like, go back and look at these pictures. I'm like, Chacho, you're... <laughs> Love yeah, Chacho no, to death, but man, uh... it's just a little salt in the wound. Yeah. It, it... The turbo guard works, though. The anyway, turbo works great. I like it. I, I like them a lot. I have not sucked any small children into the yeah, supercharger. Yeah, no small children. So, so supercharger out the hood, backwards. Backwards. Okay. So you get to see the belt and all the cool operations. And it's raining at the show. Sorry we got derailed a little bit there. That's what we do. Raining at the show. And for me, the show went till 2, I think. Ours was till it noon. Was, it was a while. Uh, it, it, it Maybe was, it was noon. It was 9 to noon. It took forever, though. So uh, many people. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was really, it was really cool. And uh, I got to meet a couple cool, cool people. It was kind of weird. Um, so when we rolled in, it was and took parking spots. So I had um, a, a sweet old Ford farm truck that was like all lifted and everything, and looked the part. Um, the next Dodge. to that, the Dodge was cool. The Dodge was super awesome. So next to that is the guy that I spoke a lot to, and he had a '70s Corona pickup, Toyota oh, Corona nice. pickup. And I thought he had cut the station wagon top off of it, not knowing that they made a pickup. Um, wow. Because Brad had a station right, wagon. Yep, yep. So, Which Brad's doing wiring harnesses in Florida now. Yes, he's in Florida oh, doing patina trucks now. Hey, if you're making money, Brad's so, happy. And uh, Brad got talent. Absolutely. Brad, when you're ready to come back, let me know. So, uh, yeah, anyways. So that was next. So there's two trucks next to me. And now I have next to me again a guy that i was courteous enough to let in because he kind of had the same situation i did is a gen one dodge ram dually single cab oh cool super super clean super nice dude 
Um, the amount of stitching work of the interior. It's see, I didn't all, see any pictures of the It's interior. all saddle leather interior. Holy crap. All beautifully stitched. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the entire truck was just beautiful. It's a 5.9 Cummins. Yeah, so, yeah of course. Great what thing. Else, what other Cummins would you have in that truck? Yeah. And then there's my hill, you know, crazy <laughs> little uh, Hot Wheels, Hot Rod. And if by chance you're listening to this podcast thing. and you have not so. been to my page to see Jeff's car, just Google Drift2K. And it'll pull up plenty of images for you to see or hop on Instagram or Facebook. YouTube. Um, give us a follow. You're doing YouTube too now? I, I, got, two, I got two videos on YouTube that I did two. many years ago. Dude, I got like but, 18. Come but on. But if you do the uh, the Drift 2K thing, Aaron's oh, own start drift up. Good. one. Okay. Like, that's like the first, if you type just drifting S2000 or drift S2000, I think drift it's like S2000 the first S2000. video that pops up. Well, what about the one they did at MSR that was just you? That's, yeah, the, that's like the, the first one. video okay. that pops Very up. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So we'll pull that one up, guys. Take a look at that one. That was that was so when we let's first go through the car blue. So three hours of showing the car. Three hours of getting wet as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Instead of swamp ass, you've got. Uh, yeah. Dragon ass. Uh, whatever. Yeah. It, I'm. Yeah. It was, so it you're still day. just standing in the rain. Yes, we're standing in the rain, which hadn't been terrible. You know, it's, it hadn't been like heavy rain. It's just been raining all day. So um, we're, we're looking at the radar. Me and the, and the guy with the Dodge. And uh, he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, it's about to get real bad. So at this point, I decided, well, I guess I'm going to go grab the check a chunk of Lexan we have in the trailer that we call a roof. Right, right. Uh, so I grabbed that and uh, plopped it on the car, threw some zip ties on it, just to uh, make the seat so, not so, so wet when so I have to what, get into what it. what brand of zip ties? Because, dude, I've had some stuff blow at races. You know, I am not. It's whatever I got at Home Depot. I can tell you that much. We, uh, we had an autocross event. And we'll save this for later too. But autocross event at GGP, or sorry, Gulf Greyhound, or gee, where did I said GGP? It's GGP. No, it's not. It's actually That's Grand different. Sport Speedway before it Ooh, was Grand Sport GSS. Speedway. Okay, before that, but when it was just literally Kelly's little asphalt track. Long story short, we had an easy up canopy, and I was just tying it down with tires. Wind was coming through. It was crazy. I'm in my car, or sorry, I'm running start. That's a lie. I'm running start. Kim's by my car. Wind is going crazy. We're still sending cars. I see my wife holding the canopy. And I shit you not, the fucking wind picks her up off the ground. <laughs> moves over about eight feet. And drops a leg to the left right through the fucking windshield of my BMW. <laughs> right by the inspection tag. Boom! Lands on the dash. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That was like literally probably my ninth, eighth, ninth autocross. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And we're still sending cars. Didn't even stop. But like four of the canopies got watered up. Cars got violated. Um, it was a bad day. I was like, really? I want to race a car? I'm not even like autocrossing. You're having contact. What the hell? It's not supposed to happen that way. You know, that's funny. You know, storm weather stuff's always funny. Weird. I remember being at TMS and uh, in, you know, hot pits down at the other end. And uh, seeing the storm blow in, I'm like, yeah, we're going to get shut down. I'm like, uh-huh. I see it. It didn't take long. And uh, now the insurance has rules on that. It's not even what the yeah. promoter wants to do. It's what so, does the insurance tell you to do? Okay. So, they, so we get shut down. And uh, luck, lucky enough, at this point in time, we had rented the condo that overlooks the track. Yep. On the facility. Woo! And uh, in case you're wondering, that's a beer call from the oil field. Yeah. Right. So. We were, uh, my buddies had already gone upstairs, and they're like, we're going to spot from up here for you. We actually got, we were going to get fancy and have That's radios. pretty good place to spot, Great actually. Great spot, spot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, at this point in time, he calls 
my wife Casey and uh, tells them to break everything down at this point. So we get the tent broke down, everything else. As it start, as the storm hits, I'm pulling the car in the trailer. Ooh, we close nice. everything up as we see other people's canopies go blowing across. Yep. yep. And we're like, man, Dude, like there is nothing worse than a canopy out. landing on your car. Like oh, yeah. even if it's one like let alone the whole roof. Oh yeah. Dude, I've repaired so many race cars that have been violated by other people's canopies here at the shop. It's insane. Absolutely. Absolutely insane. But uh So yeah. you're wet, you do Lexan zip ties, so sorry, I derailed uh, you again. Do that. And uh about this time I, I had one uh you know, had had a handful of people we talked to and uh it was good, you know, we had good good time with it and was able to reach out to a lot of people and let them know that we're bringing the car back in September. You know, to go to TMS, we're gonna be uh, sliding it around and, and getting rowdy with it. And um, so the judges start coming by, and uh, they ask to talk to me again a little bit, and we kind of give them the breakdown, the story of the car. Uh, and who's and with you? It's just me. So I drive okay. up. Um, I'm is like, that... it's it's a one day event. It's gonna be yeah, no, but trailering up there is a drive. It's four hour drive without yeah. a trailer with a trailer. I'd say four and a half. Yeah, it's about four and a half, five. Um, um, solo. So it is solo because I'm like, eh, I'm just going to be up there for, like, I'm going to shoot up there. I'm going to spend half the day. I'm going to shoot back. We, we. And I'm like, who's we? You no, know, it's just I, you. I, You're putting on the fucking show by it's yourself. It's me. I, and that's part of what has to be told in this podcast. Like, it, it's so you guys hard, don't you know? understand the hours that go on <laughs> in the evening and the nights. And I'm going to give a plug for you here. The hours that you spent drilling holes in that fucking car... <laughs> Years ago, yeah, I'm like, God damn, Jeff. I mean, like, I understand what you're doing. It's pure chaparral genius, okay? <laughs> and I've done the same thing to my cars ever, I mean, always. But to watch the extent of the effort and planning that went into making the holes where you did change the way I drill holes, okay? Yeah. Um, when you look at this car, you will not see all the little speed secrets that there are. Um, but let me just put it this way. Weight is your enemy. Jeff has spent more hours doing that than you have jerking off the last year. Okay. And you know what the sad part is? So we did all that to drop in the original intention. And then had to was, add weight. So the original <laughs> intention of this car was get as light as fuck. We're gonna make this thing as light as possible, go in there with not a lot of horsepower right. compared to the other that, guys. That was the game. And go after the big dogs, right? Yep. That was the game. And that was the game. Like we were, that's the game we were gonna play. It's like we're gonna go there with half as much power as most of these big cars. I was and like, a quarter of the weight. And we're going to go run them down because we're not going to waste shit. Yeah. And uh, and now we've been playing the game long enough that running Pro-Am, I can choose. There's no rule set for us, really. In I can Texas. Sh- in Texas. I can yeah. choose to build the car however the fuck I want. Yeah. But the racer in me says, no, that's not how you do this. You follow some kind of rule set because you never know. One, you never it. know when you're going to get that big break. Yeah. I get that opportunity. So we build the car for Formula Draft Pro 2 rules because that's be our next big break. So now our car has to weigh 2,900 pounds. God. When the car weighs. Like, I would when have I had to the car. 1,000 pounds to my race car to yeah. do that. Holy when I had the car shit. weighing 2525 with, with me, me in it. it. That's with you in it? <laughs> I had the car down to 2525 with me in it. And now I got to weigh 2,900 minimum. Fuck, all that time was wasted. <laughs> so, Damn it. So everything we've built to add to the car has been eighth inch steel plating, and uh, we've slowly been adding weight back into the car, and we're now within fifty pounds of our goal. So I'm twenty eight fifty with me in the car now. And see, and this could lead us into the battery rule that we've discussed before. <laughs> but I'll derail. Yeah, yeah. Back to the Hot Wheels thing. It's like 
Ah, yeah. so much frustration in roll yeah, yeah. sets. So it, it's roll it's sets always piss fun. me off. But uh, yeah, anyway, so we had a good time with the Hot Wheels thing, and uh, it's about the time of the end of the show. Uh, the judges have kind of made their way back around. We just gave them the spiel of. So they did a first interview. We with gave you. them the kind of the quickest story. You know, it's a quick story yep. that kind of hit all the big points, grabbed their attention, uh, opened the hood up for the first time of the day, kind of showed them the. Oh, the yeah, you showed it closed. I, yeah, it's nice. been closed. Well, there's See, that's so many... always an issue with a show, though. Do you show it open or closed? Some people want to see on the hood. Other people don't give a shit. The way you know? I see it, half the engine's out of the hood. The cool, oh, the cool bits are out there already. There's no point to open the hood. Okay. And it's got massive holes all in the hood that yeah. you can see the engine. No, it does. Um, like, when you showed it to me, I was like, dude, if I pick this up, it's going to fold in half like a taco. <laughs> it didn't, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I was worried. So uh, so I finally opened the hood and let him see kind of the, the work that went yeah. into putting the engine into the place. And uh, I leave it open until the award, until they do the announcement, so that way everybody else coming by can kind of see, see it. Because yep. um, the rain has finally kind of stopped for a little bit. Um, so I do that, and at this point in time, they kind of let me know, hey, you're in the top three. Sweet. And uh, and I was kind of like, whoa, like I had no intention of this at all. It was just and a cool ours, event to come out to. I want to say there was probably 100, maybe 110 cars at ours. We were a little over, I think, 300. A little over 300 cars. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which is amazing because, you know, it's... In that it's, parking lot, that's there's, tough. There's the people that come there, I think, with hopes of winning the competition... Yeah. Or doing something of that nature. Well, we saw some of those, right? We've seen posts Absolutely. from those haters. Absolutely. So. And then you got the people that come that just think it's a cool event. And then you got the people that are coming just for that picture. Yeah. Like, that's the that whole reason they're there. there. Click, I met a guy, like, up, as I'm loading the car, he drove from uh, God, uh, Midland. I think he drove from wow. Midland. Because he has a Well, but in Dallas, wheels. that's what, five and a half hours, six yeah, yeah. hours? For us, it's like 13 from yeah, here. Absolutely. So it's stupid. So he drove from Midland. With his, and trailered his Hot Wheels Edition Camaro. Oh, wow. Just for the picture. That's all he was there for is to get that picture Holy crap. of his Hot Wheels Edition Camaro. To get somebody else's Hot Wheels banner. Edition Camaro picture and be done with it. Uh, dude, wow. it was the cool, like, it's just, I mean, it's, it's such cool, a don't get me wrong. Event. But no, it's no. Like, wow. Exactly. And that's probably, and that's what I'm saying. It, it brought out so many different groups of people. Yep. Like, so there was cultures. people that were there just for the pictures, there was people that were there. Just because it's a cool event, which why that's why I well, was there. Steven's car cruise we went to last night yeah. over on Webster. The guy was parked beside me with the 32 Deuce Coupe. Showed up. It's got a 71 K K1 Blazer. Um, bright orange, hugger orange, yellow, purple graphics. It was like, you have this. How many toys do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks at me and goes, "Don't talk to me about toys. I've seen your Facebook." I'm like, "Oh <laughs> shit." Okay, never mind. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's it's getting about that time, and I'm like, oh, we'll walk over there, here who wins. And let's just I had an idea of who was the winner. Know, for those people who don't know, let's hold on a second. Yeah, who yeah. are the judges? Uh, the Only one anybody's going to know. Who's the one judge everybody knows? So there's Richard Rawlings. Okay, so those fuckers which, don't know. Which I'm not real sure because... No, you're not sure he was a judge? I'm not, sure if, he was a, the I'm not sure if he was a real judge or if he was just the presenter. Hey, um, he was I there. Him, I saw him so briefly. I didn't talk to him Dude, until... he's made really good comments no, on no, your post. No, no, absolutely. The Hot post. It's like, amazing. I wasn't real sure. I, I met him so briefly just during the uh, the, the award ceremony. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's... I try not to get starstruck or... No, but... Dude, you he's, know, he's fucking no, absolutely. We're run. gonna go. We're gonna go back up there and do some stuff with them, and I think we'll we'll sit down and, and bullshit, and maybe have a beer at that point. At least one. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's for me, it's I, I like to like sit down and like talk to people. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the. I just want to get my picture with you right. and, and, done. and your autograph I'm and out. be done. You know, 
I, uh, I I'm more of a people person, and yeah. I'm, you know, we're, everybody's in the same industry. It'll be very good. So, well, you can fucking move up there and start working uh, with him. I kick your ass because you're supposed to be working for me. <laughs> I can't leave Houston, leave MSR. man. I can't leave Houston. If you ever I, leave uh, MSR, I get first dibs. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I I moved to Houston uh, in '04, and uh, I can't see myself leaving. So. Only thing is, I'll say about Houston before we get on to the the final part of this chapter is, I fucking hate July and August. It's August now. We are sitting on a patio. I'm actually not sweating. I'm three beers in now, and it's pretty good, right?